Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. It is February 10th, 2024. This is the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I just started this way because if you're watching on the video, I wanted to show you. This is the hive, November 15th, and then I'm going to show it to you on February 9th, yesterday, what was happening. So here you can see it's just massive amounts of bees in November. Um, and when we get to yesterday, now now this podcast really is, is strange because we're talking about um, temperatures close to 70 degrees uh, Fahrenheit yesterday. In, uh, in February in Canada, where it's usually minus many degrees. And so while I go through this podcast, if you're on the on the um, YouTube channel, you can watch the entrance here and just see what's going on. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is, before I get into the heat and the, what's happening on the farm, I just want to, if you take a close look at these bees, is it just me or do you think these bees may have some extra fur around their body. They clearly are winter bees. Okay, so this is the fun part. We know they're winter bees. Now this strain of bees is interesting. A lot of our bees are not that active. They'll come out and they'll go to the bathroom and they'll go right back in. You won't see them lingering outside or dragging out dead bees or whatever. But these bees that are either more Saskatraz or Buckfest or Italians, they seem to, I was a little worried about this hive in particular because it had way too many bees for November, as you saw at the beginning of this podcast. And it also because they just, I don't know, there's just something about them that worried me, but you can see here they're going out and they're bringing in water, they're doing something because they've already had cleansing flights. It's been warm off and on for days here. So, But look at the fur. I want you to just check the fur when you see them sort of going out there's one coming out and it just seems like there's a lot more fur and hair on these bees i call it fur it's probably hair than we see in traditional bees and i think that's all part of the process now uh, the other day I, and you're going to see one of these if you follow me on instagram where i have a number of um, edited um, examples of bees carrying out other dead bees and the different strategies they use because it is part of the task of what they do and the amount of energy they use to do that. Now there was a bee that came and went, it was just pure, pure light brown, beautiful bee, but I think more of a Saskatraz. Now this is a swarm, so that bee's carrying out something, it had something in its mandible there, I don't know what that was. Um, this um, hive is a split from a swarm hive. The swarm hive had survived for two winters and this was a split from that hive last year. Uh, it's an eight frame. Oh, there's one coming out. There's a body coming out by by one bee. Um, and we call this my dad's hive because it was a hive that he used. I have no idea why the nail was sitting there, but we just left it the way it was. And there's so much propolis inside this hive on the outside, you can see it right near the entrance there. Don't know why he put that um, piece of metal there. Obviously it's an entrance reducer to the reducer so anyway we've got this hype going um so first question do you think there's more fur or hair on the bees than you would normally see it i, I couldn't find a lot of great science on this uh, on the different structure because most of the science says that the winter bees look just like 
the uh, regular bees. And when I look at these, I wonder, has there been an adaptation? Um, because these bees have survived. Um, their genetics have survived two winters without treatment and any feeding. And this is an eight-frame. There, he just took out something there, that, that bee. She just took something out. So anyway, that's something to think about. The, the temperature change yesterday was a record, right around 70 degrees Celsius. And uh, we know that because from our internal sensors, but also from our um, security cameras that have temperature gauges on them, uh, quite warm yesterday. And I, I tried to find science for you today about what happens to honeybees in the winter in a climate like ours when we have these temperature boosts. But of course, because it was a record yesterday, there's, no, there's not a lot written about it. Um, I'm not sure. The only thing we know for sure is that they'll use less energy because they don't have to use it to keep warm, as warm. So that's exciting. I don't know if it speeds up the laying process for the queens. Um, this, this strain of bees always worries me because they seem to be way too advanced for the time of year. There you see a bee pulling out another bee. Um, and they've been doing this off and on in the warm, this and the other hives. So, you know, the strains that have more um, uh, carn carnies in them, um, the zavas, I call them zavits, um, bees, more of the darker varieties. Uh, we don't see um, those, those bees, the zavits and the um, carnies engaged in this type of activity this early in the season. So this could either be good or bad. And we have, we have one, uh, two, the three hives that have exhibited this type of behavior. So, like most of you, if you're if you're a beekeeper, we're really focused on planning what we're going to do in the next months. And you know, one of the thoughts is, you know, what do we split? What do we not split? Went into the winter with about 17 hives, and if we come out with 10, that'll be a big win because this is the in some of our hives, this will be their fourth year without treatment. So. Um, We'll be splitting, and uh, also hopefully swarms will come and stay. Going to have to do a lot of cleanup. We probably have 20 empty hives out there, some that do not have uh, mouse guards, so there's going to be mice, of course, and that takes a bit of work, but we will get to Now, there's a bee just came out with something in its mandible. I don't know what that was. Maybe you can, you can sort of have an idea of what they're pulling out of this hive. Uh, so the other thought is, you know, do we go with... Uh, two two boxes or one or nukes and it's really hard to know uh, bees traditionally don't want a large space it makes them more vulnerable I think one mistake I did on the war hives is I did not put on entrance reducers and they got robbed um, or in the one case they simply went elsewhere uh, particularly uh, the mistake was having them too close to the border where uh, sprays are being used, Roundup and uh, neonicotinoids. So we're going to be moving everything inside the belly of our farm, if you will. Uh, we're creating a new pathway through the forest, which will give us an opportunity to um, set up hives well away from any farming. At least the hives will be. The bees will still be exposed, but the actual hives themselves will not be. And we'll see if that makes a difference and helps them as well. Um, another exciting thing that happened just yesterday is, is, is working on, you know, how do we analyze these videos like the one you see now. This is a February um, 9th video, so there's not a lot of activity at the front. Uh, 
but I'm working with a an AI expert, and yesterday I downloaded uh, ten different two-minute uh, video clips of the bees, and um, he will be using his analysis, and I'll keep you posted on. Our goal is to create an app where you can uh, take a iPhone video of the entrance of your hive, download it, and it will tell you the health of your hive based on parameters and visual analysis and artificial intelligence analysis of your bees. And that's the goal. Uh, whether we get there or not, I don't know. Initially, it'll be something I'm going to use to do research and analyze. But my goal is to have it up hmm, probably in a year. Uh, that's the long-term goal. And it'll be a service to the community. It'll be uh, we're, we're going to figure it out so that we can do it at almost no cost to anyone so that we can continue to build the database and the research on how to help bees depending on where you may be living. So this is a really strange day. You know, when you hit 70 degrees in February and in Canada, like this part of Canada normally would be minus 10, you know, all the way up to minus 20. We had minus 20 about a month ago for about a week with a wind chill of minus 30. But... Um, now that's not the case, so we'll see how long this will last. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon. To learn more about our project, make sure you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. There you can find further information on the latest research articles we've put out, find out where you can pick up some t-shirts, and all the other interesting things we're doing on the farm. That's wildflowerbeefarm.com.